friends, welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. It's great to have you here today. And gentlemen, it is good to be here with you once again, Brad. <laughs> yeah, good to see you. And Dan Debate. Hello, sir. Let's Aaron, do this. welcome. And I, of course, am Aaron Richards hosting today's show. Of course. Uh, the of man, course. the myth, the legend. I suppose that shouldn't be self-evident, <laughs> but here we are in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio. And Jack. Working behind the camera, do you got a do you got a question for us today? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're, we're we're getting pretty into it. Okay. Throw it to him. Yeah, we're just throw jumping right me. in. We are throw it to me immediately. <laughs> uh, so, guys, the the question for today is why isn't mass more relevant and spontaneous? Oh, why isn't mass more scandalous. relevant and spontaneous? Yeah, why isn't okay. it? Okay, can I interrupt for a second? So, first of all, uh, we as as we know, yeah. we have kind of reconfigured the show that that we're focusing on questions submitted by our mm-hmm. uh, user base. So, if any of our audience has interest in answering a question, uh, feel free to submit that. Best place. Answering the question? Answering? Submit the answer? You can fill <laughs> yeah, the answer. That's in the comments. No, no. Yeah, let's, let's create comments. You can ask yeah, a like question in the comments. Uh, Jack, is that the best way? Comments, or they can Do you have an email? email beyond at damascus.net. Beyond at damascus.net. Okay, so the email, email, yeah, email if, if you are curious about having one of your questions answered. That's good. Say, say that question again. Uh, the question is... Why isn't mass more relevant and spontaneous? spontaneous. Why is mass more relevant and spontaneous? Oh, the first go. I got it. Um, Two cents in the jar. Um, I love this question. Why isn't the mass more spontaneous and relevant? Those two are kind of the um, focus of the question. So I think that um, the beauty of the Catholic faith is that we teach that... um, that the Lord has revealed something to us in mystery that is ever ancient and ever new. And so I think that oftentimes like we can get excited about what is ancient and try to hold on to it without an openness to what is new. And sometimes we can get excited about what is new and not want to hold on to what is ancient and the Lord's hidden mysteries in both. So when I hear that question, the first thing I think is, well, I mean, it, it is, it is relevant. And it's relevant because everything God's revealed before he's revealing to us now. And he's continuing to reveal his infinite goodness as time progresses too. So um, my answer to why isn't mass more spontaneous and relevant is precisely because God has intended it in such a way where that which he has revealed before is still approachable for us now. And that which he's adding to that is... Um, is still revealing truths that were held in what was before as well. Brad, I know you love that ancient and new yeah. like paradigm in your own spiritual life. Whenever yeah, you definitely. see a juxtaposition of two contradictory words, <laughs> yeah. you know that Brad's sure. excited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but like how do you so I how do. does how does it stay ever new for you in an ever ancient tr- like liturgy? That's really good. Like, yeah. So when I, you go to mass. Well, I try to um you can well, there's, there's two dispositions of heart that you can have really in anything you do, right? If you're doing something over and over again, think about work, right? Think about driving your car to work. Thinking, just think about the things you do every day or the things you do every week. Mass, which is one of those, right? The things that we do every day and every week, like those are our lives, right? So, and I don't want to waste those times. So in order to make it ever new, you have to see the same thing through a different lens, 
right? So like when I go to mass, what I try to do every single mass is when you, you have that automatic response when you get in the pew of like kneeling to pray, right? And I think sometimes in the, in the past, I've gone and knelt and not actually prayed. I just knew it was the right thing to do. But when I'm at my best, I think I, I kneel there and I just ask the Lord to highlight things in the mass for me, to highlight things that I've seen since I was a kid, but maybe in a way that sticks out in a new way. And, and actually an example of that is like two years ago, I gave a talk here at, uh, at one of our outpourings and it was in a season where I was going to mass and praying that prayer. And the Lord just broke open the, uh, the Nicene creed to me in just a totally new way. Cause these are words that like I'd memorized when I was in like, I don't know, third or fourth grade or maybe earlier. I can't even remember. Um, no, probably like first communion prep. So second grade, but anyway, like he just had me focusing in on all the things we believe and like He's like, are you declaring that or just saying that, you know? And it helped me like, whoa, this is so engaging. And it was all new to me. Like it was the words that I knew, yeah. but it was because I brought a new lens into it that it was, it was new for me. There's something almost about the, the formality of the ever ancient that allows your meditation to go deeper. Interesting, right? Yeah. It's like the rosary. Like I'm not yeah, right. sitting there thinking about every word of the Hail Mary. I don't have to think about every part of the mass, or, but it's because... The, the structures there, the ever ancients yeah, there, it allows yeah. for the spontaneous meditation and yeah. conversation that the Holy Spirit's alive. He's not dead. <laughs> Jesus is alive. He's not dead. So he is speaking a new word, a now word mm -hmm. uh, today, even though he's already spoken the word yeah. as, as the word. Well, the Old Testament and New Testament, right? Yeah. Like, was it Augustine who said that the, uh, the Old Testament is re revealed in the new and the new is contained in the Old Testament, yeah. right? Like, this is exactly what we see when Jesus is, in, is made incarnate. Like, like, all of a sudden, like, all of this ancient tradition is placed in a person. Like, this new... Well, and Manifestation the, the liturgy itself almost tells that story as well. That <laughs> like the liturgy is a, is a story of, of fulfilled promises. Yeah. And you can't experience the joy of fulfilled promises without knowing and hearing the promise. Yeah. And the promise by definition sort of happens through, through history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I've got to, I've got to accept my uh, identity as a person whose, whose destiny is built on the promise of the past. Yeah in order to experience the grace of that fulfillment. Yeah, I also think it's like a commitment of Christianity that like the, the mass is, even when it stays the same, I should be different, right? Like, like if, if, if what we're deciding is how do we make it spontaneous and um, new or spontaneous and what was the other? More uh, relevant. More relevant. Like, well, have, have, have you made yourself more spontaneous and relevant? Like, have you brought who you actually are that day? <laughs> no, or just like, I'm not very relevant. Well, no, I think, like, well, I don't even mean it She's in like, a, making yes, fun sorry, of us, like a challenge, okay. but, but no, I do mean it in like a, how often do we go there? And it, and, and I am not present to it. Yeah. I'm not re realizing relevant to any of it at all. But all of a sudden when I shift that and bring myself with a, a new lens on life, new experiences that week, it, yeah, it becomes. Right. All right. I got an idea. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh wow. No. Off the rim. You're even closer this time. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. I, I, I realize I have to practice. All right. What yeah. are your two cents, Aaron? Okay. Uh, I, I was inspired by a conference a couple of years ago. Um, Francis Chan, who we were, we were joking about before the show has, has, uh, really inspired, uh, a lot of Brad, you had, you spent a lot of time with Francis. Yeah. He couple, spoke at the seat conference years back. even a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, and just as this question was asked, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, 
he actually, it, wa- it wasn't in the context of mass, but he was, he was sharing about worship once. And uh, he, kind of, he kind of made a, I don't know, a commentary on the idea that we oftentimes will go to a time of, of worship and praise and worship and that we will sort of judge it by how impactful it was to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And his, uh, his comment was worship was not about you. <laughs> and, uh, as I think about that, um, the, the mass is not about you, right? The, the mass is not about, it's not about you. By definition, the mass is an offering to God, the father, like the, the reason that we have a table, um, an altar at mass isn't because it looks nice or because every good room centers around a big open table, yeah. right? The reason that we have an altar is because it, it is a, an altar of sacrifice and that, and that Jesus, he makes that connection in the last supper between the altar of sacrifice and the table, uh, where we, where we gather for a meal. So I think it's, it's that. And at the same point, it's, it's not about you, but it is about, it is about you insofar. It's about, it's about us, right? That mass is the fulfillment of the the relationship between the bridegroom and the bride that at the mass, we see the representation of the last supper. We see the representation of the of Jesus sacrifice on the cross and that sacrifice on the cross, right? When Jesus says those words, it is finished. It's not a, uh, those words are not like a, a theological gift that he offers the church, but those words are an, a declaration of the intimacy and the and the personal connection that happens in the context of relationship, yeah. right? Uh, you know, beautiful little theology of the body reflection that those words, at least in Latin, are consumatum est. It is consummated, right? This this marriage, this marriage night is now consummated in in those in those words from the cross. So it's not about you. Mass is not about you. We shouldn't be judging its its value on how spontaneous and relevant it is to me. But at the same time, it is about us, right? That, that a lot of times in the liturgy, we, we've sort of lost sight today, but um, the liturgy has at times been described as like this dance that actually pulls us in by its momentum and leads us into that place of, of intimate encounter with him. Like, uh, like in the Song of Songs, when you see the bridegroom king leading his, leading his bride down these chamber, like the, down down these hallways toward the bridal chamber, and she's she's prone to get distracted. But then he pulls her back in, and right. and then she looks the other way and runs the other way and determines herself not worthy. But then he pulls her back in, and that is really how the liturgy should speak to us. Mm-hmm. So so uh, relevant and spontaneous. Um, it, I don't know if those are terms that 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 need to be appropriately applied, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly the mass must be for us something that is deeply engaging and inviting. Why? Because without the us thing, it, it makes no sense. That's right. Yeah. Dan, you get passionate about consumerism a lot and like how that's trickled into the church. And I see that a lot in what he's saying. Yeah. Well, why? How? Well, I think, I guess I was, no, no, no. Well, you know, it's just like, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it as well as you do. So pick up from me. But like, I think you've mentioned before how like in, in our society today, uh, pr- primarily we go into situations looking for what we can get because yeah. we have this consumerism. That's just, it's the water that we 
swimming day to day. It's like, I, I go to something to get something from it. But when I go to give something to something, I get the most from it. Yeah. Right. And so that, that consumerism coming into the church, like that's not supposed to happen because yeah. when we see the mass as the sacrifice it is. And when I sacrifice myself in the mass, like with Jesus's sacrifice to the father, I get more than I ever could have if I came and go, wonder what I'm going to feel like when I leave today, you know? Well, I think the, the question itself, why isn't the mass more spontaneous and relevant is you have to ask the person, well, why are you asking that question? Because chances are they're comparing the mass with a Protestant service. And the mass is totally different than a Protestant service, right? A Protestant service, especially in like our mega church culture today is that it is a consumeristic experience. It's saying, how can I get the lost here? And it's a, to say it's consumeristic isn't evil, right? They're saying, I want to reach the lost. We're going to get them here to hear the gospel message. And so because of that, they do a lot of things like coffee shops in the lobby, like play places for kids. They do a lot of things to get the lost interested, right? And and so what you're suggesting here is, well, we, we can't compare, we're not comparing apples to apples here. A Protestant service is not the same as the Catholic liturgy. The liturgy is, as you said, a sacrificial offering. And, I, and it, it connects with, like, you look all the way back to our Jewish roots. I mean, it, even like the, the people of God offered sacrifices to God. And Paul says, make yourself a living sacrifice. And so the, the mass is the representation, right? We make present again, the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Calvary. And so like, you're, you're, it's like, you're like, whenever you go to mass, you're in a, um, uh, oh, what do they call it? Like a, a time machine, right? Like you're, you're, it, it catapults us to the foot of the cross where you are at Calvary, where Jesus's sacrifice is being made present again. And so this is the perfect offering. And so as you said, ever ancient and ever new, we should be on our knees at this offering. Like, oh my gosh, like God, you, you, like you're offering yourself to us and the blood of Jesus. We're not sipping the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is being poured out onto us at mass. And thank you, Jesus, for that gift. And so you're at the foot of Calvary. And then my favorite part of the, the mass is the offertory because it's, it, it's also my offertory to him, as you said, Aaron, which is so, so beautiful that I get to offer at the offertory. We, we don't just put bread and wine. We're supposed to put our very selves on the altar, right? Yeah. Make yourselves a living sacrifice. So it's my I have a clarifying question. Is this your two cents, or have you gotten? No, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. This, is, this is me getting no, jazzed no, up. You this is me getting jazzed up by your two cents. I think it's beautiful. No, yeah. I do too. Well, because I'm thinking about it in the context of like. Um, Listen, hold up, time out. <laughs> this may be a new format, but it's very until my two cents go <laughs> no, into the jar. Then I have, so if you I think I'm talking too much, here, you, you can just say shut in. up, Dan. I'm, I'm trying right, to. You don't have to be a complete jerk about it. All right, sorry, Brad. What were you saying? I'm trying to remember. Um, no, I, I do. I, um, everything you're saying, I agree with what you were exactly. saying Thank about you. the, can we record that? Can we play that back over and over again? Everything so I I'm say, Brad everything. Okay. I'm said. trying to go back to you were, you were saying that we're not comparing apples to apples, right? Yeah. Like, because the Protestant service by its, by its essence is, is evangelistic. Yep. Like the mass actually in its, its roots, evangelization was not the end of mass. Like until Europe was completely one to, to Christianity, you weren't even permitted into the church mm -hmm. to the liturgy unless you were baptized because it had this like total otherness to it. It, it like it was totaliter aliter. It was is what the 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 church fathers would say God is right 
totally other, what all the way up to Aquinas. Like it's hard to explain him because he's just so different. The liturgy was reflecting that differentness. It takes you to a different world, literally and figuratively. Like you're in a different world at the liturgy. And again, I, I think that sometimes when we ask questions like this, and I'm not sure if this is where our listener was coming from, but we can, we can want the mass to, to be everything all at once. And whereas it is our source and summit, there are other things in the Christian life that have other ends, right? Like evangelization yeah. and events for evangelization are great, but like, we don't have to necessarily, I, I, I don't think. I'm ready. I'm ready. For all of it, but I see you going you on, so you might disagree. No, you might disagree. Okay. Please stand. I hope you disagree Boom, with that. Boom, I dunked it in that jar, boy. <laughs> Go for okay, it. here's the deal. So I would- why, You disagree? I, I would, no, I agree. <laughs> so was, I would was, say, why- That was why, offensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, less offensive, girl. Well, what, so why is it, here's my answer. Why isn't the mass more relevant and spontaneous? My answer is, yeah, why isn't it? And so like, I think there is the 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 one answer, which you guys have hit on, that it's ever ancient, it's ever new, that it, there's this beauty and tradition the, the tradition and the now there's the beauty and the sacrificial offering and it's a liturgy. It's not a consumeristic, but I think we also have to realize that someone's asking this question because they're hungry for something we're not providing them. And maybe the like a thousand years ago or 1500 years ago, the mass wasn't evangelistic, but if we, then what is our entry point? We need something for people. And so our people, like the, the modern man is hungry to understand God. So relevant. That means the gospel should, should connect with their life. The Eucharist should connect with their life. So let's make the mass or let's make the church relevant again so that people's lifestyles are transformed by the gospel. Was Jesus relevant? Heck yes. Is the gospel relevant today? It should be. And, and so we, we do need to have entry, entry points for the lost. And I think the, you know, I think if, if we're, you're a hardcore Traditionalist, or no, I don't want to say that. A hardcore literal, uh, liturgist. What would you say for someone who's actually? I don't know. Someone's right. all about the liturgy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're really hardcore about yeah. it. That you would like. I think sometimes you can forget that there are the lost, right? And you become, you just become a consumer of a different kind of product, right? Where you're just like, I want all of this perfect just for me because this is what I prefer. It's like, no, there are people who are suffering and they could, their, their eternal lives may, may end up in hell, eternal separation from the love of God. And so what are we doing as a church to get those people? And I'm not saying mass has to be the end all be all, but it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt for our homilies to be a little bit more relevant for the lost, right? To actually connect with people in the struggles of their daily lives, as opposed to only talking about theology every single time. Let's talk about finances. Let's talk about how to win people over to Christ in the workplace. Let's talk about depression and anxiety. Let's talk about the things that are relevant to people. And maybe it wouldn't hurt if our music was nice, right? Like I shouldn't suffer through a terrible liturgy because the music group hasn't practiced yet or because they're still playing bad hymns from the 70s. And so let's make our music beautiful, whether that's like traditional, beautiful hymns or, or, or modern uh, contemporary worship, let's just make it beautiful and relevant for, for people. So I think there's a difference between changing the liturgy for the consumer and just allowing the liturgy to be enjoyable, right? There's, I don't want entertainment, but I do want enjoyment. I want to, I want my ears not to pierce when I'm there. I want the homily not to bore me to death. Right. And so I think there is there is something about, let's do our part. And I have a cool example of this. So there's this missionary, he's a lay missionary in Ireland, right? And I think sometimes lay people, what they do is when, they, when they're frustrated with the, like, the way the mass is presented, they just complain about it because they're not a priest. Well, he, this lay missionary in Ireland, 
Ireland, uh, less than 2% of people under the age of 18 go to mass on Sunday. So like the Ireland is a, is a post-Christian dead nation, right? He, his ministry is growing like crazy and he has tons of people coming back to mass. And the only thing he did was he made mass two hours. So what, what his change was, I'm going to invite everyone to the, to the Sunday service the first hour is going to be hardcore evangelistic. We're going to have exciting music with a band, relevant conversation, relevant preaching, some entertainment, get people in the door. And then after the first hour, he transitions into the liturgy and he explains the liturgy, he explains why it's heaven on earth, why the ever ancient is ever new. He does it. And so there's great emceeing, there's great conversation. And then a priest that maybe doesn't have the same dynamic stage presence comes in for the liturgy and the church is growing like crazy. And then afterwards, if you've, oh, they do altar calls beforehand. So if you want to give your life to Jesus, it's, they can give their life. He's like, if you did your altar call before mass today, after mass, if you want to talk about how to become more Catholic, how to dive deeper into your faith or how to, how to become Catholic, if you're not Catholic, why don't you stay afterwards and we can have conversations. And, and it's, it's so effective because he's like, okay, mass isn't the entry point, but he's created an entry point before mass. It's what we do at youth group. It's what we're like, youth group's two hours. Teenagers give two hours to youth group, but they won't give an hour for mass. Because, like, so let's just rethink the structures a little bit. So in, in each response, I think what I'm hearing consistently is that it, it's not just a reflection or an excuse, right? So mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't use the ever old, ever new, and you can't use the... Uh, it's not about you response mm. as an excuse for, for uh, poor quality, right? Yeah. For, for a bad experience. And like you said, bad practice or bad preaching. Uh, but, you know, I, I would presume that most of our show is, is primarily laity. Who's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I happen to know that to be I, a fact. I thought statistically <laughs> Cardinals <laughs> were mainly listening to our show. So, so as we step into maybe a, just a, a quick reflection to, to finish out our conversation today on, on what is our, how do we maintain that mission momentum? What mm-hmm. must our response be? Yeah, I, um, I was actually, I think for, for my mission momentum this week, um, I was really inspired by what you're saying there, Dan. I'm trying to put words to it. I, like, um, I think that like we we need to have compassion for our brothers and sisters who don't know Jesus. Yeah. Like, um, do we want to get so fixated on doing everything right inside the walls of the church that we become a club that feels special instead of like a a people who want everyone there? Um, I don't. I'm not saying that perfectly, but it just moved my heart because yeah, like there are people that don't know him and I am better for knowing him. And, and he, he has changed my life in its entirety. And so I think mission momentum this week, like, um, is there an area where your heart has grown just numb and how do you re-engage that part of your heart? Like, have you, um, walked by the homeless person outside of your, your business office and, and not thought to yourself like, uh, there, but by the grace of God, go I, or, or whatever your, your heart reaction to that can be just a compassion that says like, I see you brother. I see you sister. And, um, so I think my mission, uh, momentum for this week, I think the way that you can carry this message with you until the, the next time we, we talk together is, um, open up, opening your heart to just evangelistic lenses whenever you're going through your day-to-day life and, and maybe even within the church context yep. of how, how can I, how can I re-engage my evangelistic heart uh, within the context of my parish? I'll piggyback on that. I think my mission momentum is this is complicated. Give it some thought, 
right? Huh. So this is yeah. a complicated conversation. Give this some thought and don't make it cheap. So the, like we do need to reach the lost. Jesus's mission was to seek and uh, I've come to see what was lost and, and save the lost. And so we need to reach the lost and we need to have a liturgy that's ever ancient and ever new. And so how do we do this? And what is, how do we have something mm-hmm. that's relevant and spontaneous and how do we reach a loss? And at the same time have complete orthodoxy and tradition around the liturgy. So that it is a sacred offering that's representing Calvary. And so I think like, Act, don't just like, don't find yourself on one camp that just mm-hmm. continues to say the same thing you've always said, yep. but instead think about these t- difficult conversations and, and, and realize that it's not easy. And like, there's no one easy. And if you think your answer is easy, you, you're probably, you probably wrong. haven't thought about yeah, it long like, enough. Yeah. But, and that's and, good. And That's so, good. Yeah. Go for it, Aaron. Um, Brad, there's there's one thing that you mentioned just real quick. I, I know you've, you've said it at least to me before. And I think even on the show that- mm-hmm in the context of your, of your active participation at your local parish mm-hmm. to actually keep your eyes open and, and look for people who feel like they're lost. Right. Right. Uh, I, I love every, every, you know, every once in a while you see somebody who's, who's obviously sort of a stranger out of their element mm-hmm. attending mass. Mm-hmm. And I know you've told me before, I've done it myself, like to, to go and to make it a priority that, Hey, I'm going to beeline for that person after mass. Yeah. So we can have a conversation. Right. Yeah. Engage them. Right. Um, mine is a little different. Uh, I think, I think again, it's a, it's a two-parter that, that you like, you need to be a part of the solution. So I know there's, there's one of our staff members here who, who was really excited a couple of years ago about you being a part of your actual parish within your established parish boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, you're on mission here in Centerburg, Ohio. This zip code or whatever. Because, yeah. because you belong to a parish and mm-hmm. you have to be the life that's brought to that parish. I think there's something really honorable about that. Um, and at the same time, as a parent, I, I want to maybe offer permission that if you are experiencing or exposing your kids to an experience of mass that is, that is not life-giving and engaging to them and to you, uh, there's something wrong. And you do need to make a change in order to, in order to stay engaged. Um, or you, or there, there's an open invitation to make a change in order to stay engaged, mm-hmm. uh, whether that means more intentional or intense preparation for participation in mass, whether that means processing with your kids so that they can engage in something actively that they might otherwise find, you know, boring, or if that's even looking to a different parish, if mm-hmm. that schedule or, uh, that style might be more appropriate to, to today. Or just sending them to Catholic youth summer camp where they can fall in love with the <laughs> sure, Eucharist and one. they'll, they'll want to go to the Eucharistic adoration. They'll discover the beauty of mass the and programmer all himself. of that. So CYSC.com for middle schoolers and high schoolers. Uh, registration That's opens good. in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, all, all joking aside, that, that yeah. is why we exist. That yeah. is exactly why we exist. Uh, I, I would also, um, I would also be remiss not to mention that, Actively engaging in, uh, in your mission momentum for this week could be to continue to share this conversation with mm-hmm. somebody who you think might find it meaningful. So if you would like mm-hmm. to stay uh, up to date on all the topics that we address here on this show, go ahead and subscribe to this show or this channel. And also please feel free to share this with someone who you might think might be in need. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that about wraps it up. For There's today, really guys. just three words that we have to say to everyone. What are they, hey, you know? they Brad? Remember everyone. 
Mission, Mission makes sense. sense. We're going to land that. Well, it's one of these good. days. It's We're going to get good. that. Yeah. But like Aaron it. forgot he was supposed to introduce that. Okay, you caught you, 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 yeah. you helped him out. That's what, We're, that's a, what team. We We're a team. We need each other. <laughs> good church. Week. We'll see you again Christ. next time. God bless. Hey friends, at Damascus, we provide life-changing experiences for the youth of the church every single day. It's amazing to see God change a person's life. And we have a special mission partner who has said for every new subscription we get to Beyond Damascus this season, they'll give us a $10 scholarship for a kid to come to camp or on a retreat. And so if we get 5,000 new subscribers, we'll be able to raise $50,000 in camp scholarships to change young people's lives. So yeah, I know it's stupid. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. But seriously, subscribe to Beyond Damascus and ask other people to do it because we can actually change lives through that simple button. Also, we like to brag when God is changing people's lives. And so after every episode, we're going to have a testimony. And we want you to stay tuned and listen to this testimony to hear how God has impacted someone's life. And God's not dead. He's on the move and he wants to change your life more and more every day. Hi, my name is Lauren and I'm a missionary here at Damascus. Um, and I'm super excited to be here and share a little bit of testimony with you today. I was once at a Lenten mission on prayer and was very surprised when the priest who was giving the mission put such an emphasis on the mass. Um, he began to ask everyone who could relate to the following questions. Maybe um, I just don't get anything out of mass or I wish the music was better or the homily wasn't very engaging or very captivating. I wish the priest was a better speaker um, and everyone kind of chuckled to themselves. And then he went on to ask those people who could absolutely relate to what he was saying to those questions or those complaints um, and ask how many of those people had a daily prayer life, had a personal prayer life where they were going, they were setting time aside for the Lord every single day. And I was really, I, I think myself and, and a lot of people there were kind of stopped in their tracks. Um, and the reason that the priest had made kind of this connection was because our personal prayer time is such a beautiful time that the Lord desires to share with us where we can receive. Maybe that looks like listening to worship music or digging into scripture or just sitting in the presence of the Lord and asking what he thinks about us, a listening and seeking his voice so that we can have a better understanding of the way God sees us. And the mass, if what is actually happening at the mass is God giving us the greatest gift that he can, giving us his body and blood fully in a real and tangible way, if that's what's happening, then the question we should be asking after mass is not, what did I get out of it? But actually, what can I give? What can I give the Lord? How can I worship the Lord in a better way than I did yesterday, than I did last Sunday. Uh, I think it was so beautiful. So I just encourage you guys to maybe dig deeper into what personal prayer can be and into maybe the reasons and the meaning behind the different components of the Mass, because those are two things that truly allowed me to more fully receive what the Lord had for me in my prayer, but also to have a deeper appreciation for the beauty and the mystery of the Mass um, and the Holy Eucharist.
And so, um, I am just, I'm so excited for you guys because I know the Lord has good things in store for you. When we persevere in our prayer, in our relationship, in faith, the way that St. Paul tells us to in scripture, I know that the Lord is, is going to bless you. Um, and so I just encourage you to do that because he's a good God and he wants to give good gifts and he wants to sustain you in your relationship with him. Um, so I bless you to do that. Uh, I hope all of you have a great day and we'll see you next time. God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>